0: Thinking about Bar Eve legend Charles Albert Cavanaugh, it's easy to hear it in his own words, but what do the people who've been around him the most and know him the best have to say about him? Here are a few people closest to Charles Albert Cavanaugh. Bar Eve basketball coach Josh Thompson. I think a dedication.
1: Um, you know, many years of coming in and Doing all these behind the scenes things, whether that be announcing at ball games, coming in with little kids and basketball, um, but more importantly, just being dedicated to the school as a whole. Uh, yearbook ads um, and giving advice to young teachers and coaches. The word dedication, I think, explains Albert
0: Kavanaugh. Bar Eve Principal, Jeff Doyle.
1: I think of everything that encompasses Bar Eve. From academics to athletics to our community, uh, he's just self-serving, and he just has given his whole life to Bar-Eve.
0: Bar-Eve volleyball coach, Amber DeCourcy. Dedication and wisdom. Over the years, I've, I've gone to him several times for advice, and he's never let me down. Hello, everybody out there, wherever you get your podcasts, whether that be apple spotify podbean or of course right here on the bar eve facebook media page and this is the inaugural the first the number one uh, bar eve podcast and a good hello to everybody i am mike decorsi and we are going to be bringing this to you on a bi-weekly basis where we talk to the notable uh folks uh in the bar eve community who have meant so much and whether they are teachers coaches administrators, etc., And the mission of this podcast is to fill in some of the blanks where everybody thinks they know the entire story, but do you really know it all? And uh, I'm joined today by my partner in this venture, the founder and the president of Impulse Radio, Mr. Brian Emmons. And uh, Brian, this has been an idea that, that you've had and, and, and kind of proposed to me I think at a Christmas party last December, yeah, and yep. uh, and uh, I know you're excited to, to to jump on board with us.
1: This is great. I, th- I think it's great that we we got this going now, and uh, you know, especially in these these hard times, people are interested in local stuff because you know that that's what we're that's what we're all accustomed to doing. We're ready to do it again, and, and I think we've got here at at the Bar Eve area. We've got so many. Uh, valuable resources of information that we can tap into that people will
0: lo- uh, love to listen to. And one of the things that you talked about and it, and it's, it, it spoke my love language that night and uh, you being kind of a lack of a better uh, phrase like uh, a radio nerd just Absolutely. like I am. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know you grew up on it. You loved it. You loved those weeknight, those Saturday morning coaches shows and you said we, we need to create that appointment listening again and uh, and i think you know what you're doing uh with with your whole series of podcasts and then what we're going to try to do here at bar Eve. um I, you know i think that's the goal
1: yeah we uh, we do one uh, i graduated over at red hill high school in bridgeport illinois and we do something very similar to what you're going to do here at bar reeve um then we, of course we've got the birdies bourbon and basketball podcast that we do weekly with chris brothers and blake burkhart um, you can look that up anywhere you get your podcasts and and uh, the brino and chip show that we're going to start in october that just does music and movies and things like that so got all kind of stuff going and uh it's it's a lot of fun to do i I grew up like you said a radio nerd on on wako in lawrenceville illinois with
0: kent lankford and mike ray amen doing red hill and lawrenceville sports so well and and as we started this um we uh you know we kind of spitballed guests and some ideas back and forth and and uh you know basically we, we want people not only in, in, in this community but but people who might be curious from the outside you know what we're going to talk about this, this 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 is a podcast not limited to just bar people where we want to talk to uh you know coaches who coached against bar yep. uh, people who've had to compete against barry from the outside and maybe get uh, their impressions of, of of what it was like and and, and and kind of what they were dealing with and up against while it was happening. And what a great topic we have because Bar-Reeves had just a little bit of success over the years. Well, and that's a perfect intro to what we're talking about here today because I think um, you can't talk about the success of Bar-Reeves without uh, a proper introduction of our first guest. And this is something that I get the opportunity to do with this guy Every year, and I think we have done it, um, oh, I think 13 years in a row in my classes, and, and you know you are an important person when you have multiple nicknames. <laughs> and when you talk about multiple nicknames, uh, some people, for example, have called him the Silver Fox. Some people call him Mr. Bar-Reeve. My kids today, they just call him Mr. K., the governor of Indiana in 2004 called him Sagamore of the Wabash, Indiana's highest civilian honor. Wow! But everybody here tonight, well, we just know him as Albert, Mr. Bar Albert Cavanaugh. Hello, Albert.
2: Hello, Mike and Brian. Glad to be here, and thanks so very, very much for the invitation to be here.
1: I think when we first started talking about this, this was the number one target,
0: right? This was the number one target, the big fish, and it was it was something that I didn't want to give Albert too much. Uh, to think about, and uh, and I just kind of wanted to spring it on him because, you know, we're good at springing things on each other, w- whether it's work with basketball or the yearbook or things that we do in the media and the community. And, and uh, you know, it's been a, he's been a pretty good dance partner in my uh, 14 or 15 years of our eve. And, 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 Albert, let's just start with that. I don't think it was a secret, but last year uh, in late February, we, we closed down your court, Cavanaugh Court, and it was your 80th birthday.
2: Yes, it was indeed.
0: Uh, How many years starting right now, this is your what year at Bar Eve High School?
2: We're closing in on week or on year number 60, I believe.
0: So, So 60 years, this year around the sun will be your 81st birthday, and you've seen the good, the bad,
2: and everything in between i think i would probably have to admit to that
0: (laughs) well we were talking off air a little bit albert and and i told you we're kind of going to break this um entire thing into a couple of parts and i think a lot of people over the years we kind of get the mistaken perception um and and maybe this is you just after retirement but but you're the basketball guy but there's so much more to the story than that And, and talking to you and talking to brian before Uh, we started recording we you know i said i wanted to break this down into two parts and and the first part is is kind of historical the early days and then the second part will be kind of devoted to uh to the athletics and athletic success of bar reeve so does that work for you charles a
2: i believe they've touched a lot of the bases there that i would agree with agree with
1: if you don't agree you have to say it right now
0: okay well you know first of all albert um well, let's talk about your early days a little bit and I just think a lot of people they may not necessarily be you know familiar with with your life story and how it was and being one of ten kids in the Kavanaugh house but I but I think everybody just thinks that you have always been in Montgomery forever and that's not that's not the truth tell us the truth Albert
2: that, that's that's indeed true that I uh, I did not plan that I spend a lifetime here in montgomery and montgomery high school and what eventually became bar reeve as it is today but how in the world could, could you possibly be successful in your home community that you have to get away from it and go on but you know we never really plan our lives as we think we do that it's oftentimes the situations along the way that uh, wind up making what we are and who we become and All of those things along the way Um, yes I was the third uh, child in a family of ten eight boys two girls and um, you know I don't have much claim to fame as far as being outstanding in the family other than the fact that uh, I wound up probably being the tallest (laughs) of of all the boys And then uh, sometimes there was a question of, you know, the best looking and then the fight started. (laughs) (laughs) And we did not want to go there. But anyways, uh, yeah, I was a graduate of Montgomery High School, class of 1958. And I had started in high school that year, or started my high school years really as a student at St. Meinrad Seminary for two years. And people sometimes look at me like, oh my gosh, (laughs) you know in a seminary, what happens? You get kicked out? No, not really. But as oftentimes happens, uh, that you, you may go as a, a very youngster, right in eighth grade, out of the eighth grade, and by the time you get to be about a sophomore, or that, well, maybe you decide this is not quite what uh, I think I need to be or where I need to be. So coming back to you know, what was in Montgomery High School, And probably one of the big events that really has shaped so much of our community considered a tragedy at that day and time was a happened on March, Friday, March 1st of uh, 1957. I was a junior in high school. And by the way, I was not eligible to play basketball that year. Something I told a young man here last year who came to Bar Reeve, uh, Kurt Hoff said, we have something in common. Yes, we both in, we're ineligible to play. Why Your junior you, well, uh, my junior why year. My junior year. Why did
1: you leave Forest Park?
2: Pardon? <laughs> the seminary. <laughs> I didn't say Forest Park. Oh, okay, okay. I, don't I said I left the seminary <laughs> I gotcha. in, uh, after my sophomore year. And uh, came back here, and I was ineligible to play my junior year, and I did not know that until about a month after I came back and after running cross country which of course was always a preliminary to conditioning for basketball and uh then the uh, we were playing a baseball game in the fall of that year which really was you know by con- today's comparisons that uh, sports back then like baseball were just kind of an afterthought and uh so i um uh, <clears throat> Did run a lot of cross country, got in condition and, uh, but we were playing some baseball over at Lagote there and about sixth inning of the game, uh, coach Craney looked down the bench and said, has everybody been in? And I said, no coach, I haven't. And he said, Oh, Kavanaugh, I meant to tell you the first, uh, <laughs> day you came out, you're not eligible to play this year because you changed schools and your parents didn't. Oh no. Uh, they had the same address. And so being, I had a younger brother, Tim, who was uh, uh, very accomplished in sports, much like all of us. That's how we grew up back then. That was our entertainment, playing baseball, softball, basketball, fishing, whatever. We made our own entertainment. It sure. wasn't mom and dad's job right. to en- yeah. entertain us. But anyways, uh, I digress just a little bit there. But um, I, uh, since I was the... Uh, person to not be eligible and uh you know there were cows to be milked and well hogs to be slopped and chickens to be fed yeah so i got the nomination of going home on the bus after school every evening and doing that getting to work my younger brother wound up playing playing basketball and sports but that was fine i i i you know reconcile myself to that and to this day i feel comfortable but I understand the pain it goes along with being declared ineligible for something you had no control right. over. Wow. But getting back to this uh, March 1st of 57, um, probably one of the most pivotal days in this community that you know comes down to our very day here. It's why Bar Reeve Community Schools is here today. We were, back then, sectional was played because the number of schools in the Washington sectional and of course it was a single class that uh, there were games that were played maybe Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday Saturday morning Saturday afternoon Saturday night and then you know of course the championship game on that Saturday night but uh, Barreve or I should say Montgomery High School at that time uh we we had a very good very good team that year juniors i was junior but uh mostly a senior team i think we were about 17 and 4 going into the sectional played bloomfield the last game of the season Mm -hmm. and of course lost it here and that turned out to be the very last game that ever was played in what was called our old gym which was built in about 1938 39 and uh uh we were playing washington we had won and got to the semifinal round on that uh on that friday and playing washington hatchets they were very highly regarded in fact i'm thinking they were even ranked in the state at that time and so but you know we had a very good team here for our had a very good season and About the third quarter of the game, I was, of course, in the cheer block, and uh, I noticed that uh, there was someone had come in and uh, went up to our principal and said, and he jumped up, and first thing you know, he was running, other teachers that were around, they were running out of the gym, and the word quickly spread through the student body that the school was on fire at Montgomery. Really? It, it was unreal yeah. uh, who, who could, you know, what would the burn in a school? like yeah, that? Right. But I did remember even at that time that, you know, we had a pep session that morning before we dismissed about 1130 and the principal had said, now, if we win the sectional for God's sakes, don't burn the school down. <laughs> well, uh, things, you know, we just didn't expect it was going to be burned down, mm-hmm. but we lost the game about 54 to 39 is that, that is exactly remember? right.
0: And you saw me on my phone over here. I wasn't checks, checking text messages from my wife, Albert, I was getting ready to quiz you on the
2: score of that game and you nailed it. Oh, 54 39, <laughs> you know, and it, it ended our season, but, uh, Washington, you know, went on to, uh, you know, I, I believe win when the sectional that year, but anyways, you know, it was it was devastating. We, as I remember, it was a clear blue sky on a Friday afternoon, much like some of the weather we've been having here at this time of the yeah. year, and uh, you could just see that big plume of of white black smoke, you know, billowing into the air, and it was indeed. And this was not a joke or right, any kind. Yeah. We got back here, came to, toward Montgomery, and. Uh, you know, I remember standing, you know, a dis- little distance away from the school and watching, you know, th- walls cave in and, and wow. uh, my, my books all went up in flames. Uh, there was so much that really that it was, it was tragedy. Yeah. Deluxe for the community. And you never know the, the, the results of these sort of things that play out through, through the years. It was tragedy deluxe that day. But from the vantage point that unfolded as the years have passed, it probably, and this is just opinion, it probably turned out to be the very event that has caused the existence of Bar-Reeve Community Schools today. Because in, in uh, our, our senior year, of course you say, well, what did the kids do after the school burn? Well, high school, the upper four grades, They continued their, here again, you have to depend on and hopefully the, the generosity, the help of neighbors, right? Washington was very helpful. Washington Catholic in particular was very helpful because our grades one through eight finished out that year and the next year at Washington Catholic, one of their schools that were, they still had a building that, uh, had vacated for a newer building and our grades. Uh, the public school went there now saint peter's building was also in here but that was the catholic kids stayed up here right high school the upper four grades we went to school at uh, washington we were bused. you know before busing was ever a big issue right but we would meet up here at the uh at saint peter's building and the youngsters that went to school there got off and then there was a consolidation of buses and we Um, road to Washington and got uh, um, you know I think we probably got out of school a little earlier in that afternoon to get out of Washington before the but but we went to the Washington Armory yeah and Mm -hmm. I remember our slogan oftentimes was we're in the Armory now (laughs) and there again the Washington Armory was just completed and it turned out to be a, a perfect location with their big room sure. which turned out to be our study hall and then there are five or six rooms around the edge were for offices and for classrooms so that's where we went to school the, the, the rest of our junior year or my junior year and uh, into senior graduation uh, was held there at the armor wow. so in 57 we had graduation there in 58. And, and My senior year, and, we had graduation.
0: And Albert, you're you're right on the timeline. As I'm kind of going down through these, you know, these bullet points that that I certainly want to get uh, to you uh, with tonight. Um, so, you know, what, we we can talk about your your college experiences and when and how you came back to Bar Eve. But the thing that I I really wanted to hammer, and this is of all the stories I've heard you tell over the years. And obviously, you know, I consider our family and I know Brian considers his family, you know, you you, you love sports, but, but I think your most interesting stories revolve around this topic and, and allow me to editorialize. And by the way, you can have opinions on here. That's going to be part (laughs) of it. But I, but I think one of the worst pieces of legislation, and it's worked out for us, but as a whole in the state of Indiana um, was the Indiana School Reorganization Act of nineteen fifty-nine, which basically brings about massive consolidation. A lot of people, historians, et cetera, basically say that, you know, this kind of leads to the Walmart Walmartization of, 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 of Indiana and of America. Uh, they blame it for killing small towns. And we can get into that. But but at the time, and I know you're a college student, but 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 these storm clouds had to be gathering where, you know, you know, real imminent change is about to come. What, what was that like at the time?
2: Well, the main event, the main event that brought that about was uh, a, a international event. And that is when Russians put up this first Earth satellite. I think it was in October of 57. And uh, I mean, that was startling. I mean, it it was, it was unreal. The Russians had passed us in in technology, obviously, before even we used the word technology. And of course that, uh, you know, that after World War II, which was only been 10 years prior to that. And then uh, the, the alliance between the Russians and the Americans and the allies, so to speak, fell apart. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it was a national crisis. That uh, came about for states were required to to come up with reorganization plans. Our schools had let us down. That's why we had fallen behind. Right. And so um, here in in Davis County, you know, we have ten townships and still do today. And. Uh, the there were probably as I remember somewhere around four or five plans that and, were and, that were submitted.
0: Yeah, and I don't want to step all over you here, and that that's one of the interesting things because because there were some really strong opinions both here you know in Montgomery but out in the county too, and 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 certainly you know this has been sixty years ago and feelings and things change, um, but it's not like a lot of people. Out in the county, really wanted to partner up with Montgomery at the time that these consolidations were being made. Well,
2: certainly, you know, getting back to these plans here, and I think we kind of address what you what you've you know touched on there, Mike, and that is that uh, there was let's say one of the main plans was for one school, one high school in the county. You know, your 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 grade schools would stay in your little localities, but uh, there would be just one high school. Well, nobody was in favor of that. Uh, very, north, south, east, or west, we're all opposed to that. There was a North Davis and South Davis that was proposed. Five northern townships and the five southern townships. Uh, that had opposition too. Then there was a proposal of East Davis and West Davis. It would be six townships on the east side, four on the west side on the west side you had of course highway 50 57 that was a was a main artery there on the east side you had nothing right. i mean the Oden candelberg road at that time at during the winter time sometimes a little more than a quagmire yeah and a very dust bowl in the summertime <laughs> and then the nearest thing to a consolidation along the east that would have been make a little some sense was over in martin county you know highway what was it? Uh, 45, 257, yeah. whatever, yeah. whatever those na- numbers are over there. So that, uh, but there was, there was a, at a meeting that was held at Washington reorganization meeting, as I recall, that, uh, discussions and, you know, sometimes those kind of discussions because you were, you were, you know, people could understand that their local high school was going to, it fade away. You know, in the northern part of the county, Epsom had already closed doors about 58, I think it was, 58 or 59. Uh, and that, uh, you know, there was Odin, there was Nora, there was Plainville, it, mainly that was left in the north. And of course, here in the south, uh, in uh, Barr Township, of course, was, the official name really was at that time, Barr Township. It was not Montgomery High School. It was called Bar Township. Okay. In fact, the there was a uh, grade school over in Canelburg where the Berea Mennonite Church now stands, their facility, and that was uh, that that uh, that was known as Bar Bar uh, Township High School Number Two. But I can't remember of ever a high school ever being there. Hmm. That it was a grade school and i And I remember as a youngster that the school bus would pick youngsters up there and come down the road which now is you know well south of- Can- west of canterbury and pick up about seven or eight kids there to Cavanaugh instead <laughs> and head west and uh so there was uh, um you know like I said feelings were, were, were running high but I do remember that one an opinion from Washington seemed to really catch a lot of ears when uh, and and I, I can't remember the name of the gentleman who at the time made made this pretty much he spoke in terms of we which apparently meant Washington we object to any kind of a school reorganization plan that includes bar township for cultural, economic, social, and ethnic reasons.
0: And, and, and to you at that time, Albert, did that just scream? We don't want Amish people.
2: Well, I think we'd have to, you wouldn't have to be a Harvard scholar to <laughs> figure that or reach out. that kind of yeah, conclusion. Right. But yes, at that time, practically the entire Amish community, old order, was in northern part of Barr Township. They had not yet at that time moved into the northern part of the county. Mm -hmm. And so um, as is turned out, as it turned out, consolidation amounted to the townships of Harrison, Veal, and Washington consolidating into Washington Community Schools. Harrison had come to Montgomery High School Harrison the youngsters in Harrison had for which, several is, which years. is Glendale Glendale right yes Glendale Golden Bears I believe was yep. their name and they had come to uh, Montgomery High School but um, uh, the, the, the things that unfolded from from then that it just seemed like that bar and Reeve were kind of left out here to themselves. that uh, the five northern townships went together for North Davis and you know it be after it didn't take long before that became set in stone to yeah. where we are today and you know I have to say as a person who was a teacher here at Montgomery High School at the time that uh, you know you think well you know I I guess we're gonna have to be looked upon as the uh, and well to fatten the sports records of our neighbors and uh, well anyways this yeah. we, but at least we were we had our own school, right. but I, I, this is where I point back to that. March the 1st of 1957, when the Montgomery high school burnt, while the sectional was going on at Washington, had that not happened. I still think there would be no Barre community schools today because whenever this reorganization came about in the early sixties, where it was the newest, the most modern at that time, school facility it was here in montgomery
0: and and you know fast forwarding to today that's one of the things that, that dr travis madison has talked about is you know if we continue to update our facilities and this and that you know it, it, we're 10 years removed from the you know the the, the consolidation push again, again from the yeah. early 2010s and and his argument has always been if you know if, if we're an attractive facility you know we can, you know we can beat the grim reaper back just a little bit longer.
2: As uh, I was saying, you build a better mousetrap, and the world will be the path to your door. And uh, <laughs> well, you know <laughs> these aren't mousetraps, but uh, they're schools. But you know then whenever the school re- per- per- re- school reorganization plan, or not reorganization, but which came along, that says now the s- the school the state money follows the child. And not where they happen to live. Yeah, and that has changed a lot of the dynamics of this this, this whole thing.
0: So, so obviously, you know, it becomes Bar and Reeve, Alfordsville, uh, and Montgomery. And uh, you know, just real quick here, Albert, I, you know, I don't want to harp on this for too long, but you know, people just think you're 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 a, you're a township away, and and you know, it's normal to have Reeve Township kids. And heck, you know, our house we're we're a mile from Reeve Township. It's 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 close, but. Uh, you know the way that you've explained it to me is is Montgomery and Oxfordville there was not much of a relationship they didn't really play in sports uh, Oxfordville kind of went into Dubois County maybe into Martin County yeah. Montgomery went you know you're in the same sectional but it wasn't a natural fit right off the bat
2: that that is true that I'm the only remembrance I have of Bar or Montgomery actually playing Oxfordville was in the sectional of 59 is 59 that uh Montgomery played offers in the sectional and I think Montgomery won, um, 51 to 40 something. I'm not sure exactly, but let me check
0: the stats. I
2: had, uh, you know, I had a younger brother who was on the Tim that was on the team there in 59 and Dick Lemon. Dick was, uh, one of the main men on the team of Offertsville. And of course there's always gotta be a canaldi and Ray Hill yeah. and, uh, Blake. 48 and, to 41 offers, for Montgomery. Over 48 to 41. Well, I had 48, I <laughs> yeah. think, right there. But, you know, uh, time, uh, it, it's something you have a better grasp of things that happened maybe 40, 50, 60 years ago than what some of the things that happened here just currently <laughs> here. But just just uh, fast-forwarding, the, the coming together by Bard Township and Reeve Township, I think it's been an unbelievable marriage a good marriage and uh not only physically into a, a bar reeve which i i know is maybe sounding a little boastful to say that they've certainly made their mark academically and athletically but uh you know that's what we're about that's that's what we're trying to do that uh, to you know improve that which we're a part of and uh so I, I see my son and Mike and Michelle and their family that they're in off down in the Reef Township area. I've been down there many, many times, and it's beautiful country, absolutely beautiful, and a, a great part of the uh, of our of, you know Bar Reef. And I think, like I said, it's I think it's been a very good ma- marriage that has occurred through the years.
1: If you're listening to this podcast, and you must love Barre of High School just like I do. But then you're going to love me on the Birdies, Bourbon, and, and Basketball podcast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We talk about all teams in the area on Birdies, Bourbon, and Basketball. We talk to coaches, administrators, broadcasters, but especially the North Davis Cougars. But based on the success, we talk about the Barre Vikings. Okay, okay. But don't forget, we've had our fair share of pro athletes, too, along with Washington and Lagodi. Hey, folks, if you want to hear guys argue local sports just like this, then please tune in each and every week wherever you get your podcast to Davis and Martin County's only local sports podcast. Impulse Radio presents Birdies, Bourbon,
0: and Basketball. You know, we'll circle back to this, and, and I think that's always a very interesting story about about how you come back to your hometown in 1962, and that wasn't going to be the plan. And, and uh, you know, we can we, we, we can get into that. That's always a, a, a funny story, and the, and the seniors certainly laugh about it every year. But one of the things that I've always kind of – I've read so much about it, and, and this is something, Albert, that has, has just interested me since high school is – all across the state and i'm sure you know brian can talk about illinois and 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 other places as well there was this phenomenon where in a lot of places consolidations you know athletically and i know we're going to say part two for athletics but but things were successful very very early and then it was kind of like the bottom dropped out and and that kind of happened at, at at bar eve
2: well um yeah the uh, the to to a certain extent you're, you're right because as i remember montgomery our basketball records we had gone from 57 until our last year of 65 i think it was n- never had a winning season and uh you know that was that was quite quite unusual to say the least and uh you know, our, our, the first winning season for bar Reeve came about in uh, the year of sixty six, sixty seven. that would have been our second year of, uh, of operation. And of course, uh, uh, what you mentioned there, Mike, that I, I've, I saw that happen in a lot of your schools. And this is because in every school, you would have a certain number of people that would participate. And of course, you know, uh, you take North Davis in '69 when they became a consolidation. There, my goodness, they their team that brought boys from Odin, from El Nora, and from Plainville, and they they had an outstanding, outstanding season that year. And uh, but then things, as you mentioned, that as years have passed, that the things begin well you you it's just like your all the things you your class officers that um, well you begin to have fewer uh, let's say more people who are doing less and doing less in the school and yeah it has it has the consolidation has in some communities it's changed names and towns that used to be Very familiar names, you know, like Monroe City, Decker, Decker Chapel, uh, Carlisle. And I just go on naming towns that you don't even hear anything more about because the town was the school. And I think that's where we're very fortunate that uh, here that uh, in this case, that you know, I think Montgomery is kind of synonymous with with Bar Reeve and Reeve Township with you know Offordsville and um, you know you you've got to keep communities alive you've got to keep them alive and I the things that have been done here through the years that's why I keep saying it's been a great marriage and many of the youngsters from down there and up here I can name several families that you know are very prominent here that have been outgrowths of those early years of uh coming together and maybe I didn't know them but Mm -hmm. now they do know well, each other very well
0: and, and talking about this and like i said we, we we will try to get back to this later but you, you come to montgomery in 62 you are consolidating uh you know just a couple of years later you know you've got that early success and, th- and then we get into the 1970s so for the most part kind of early in your career um th- this is one of the things that's always fascinated me and you know you're a teacher and you're you're doing your best and you're and you're You know trying to trying to make you know the lives of the kids that you have better and and make your school better um but as we get into you know kind of from the early to early to the mid 70s your job title changed dramatically and and tell us you know that one school year all of the job titles that you had it is it
2: blows my mind
0: tell the year the year and kind of what was going on and what what all of your
2: titles were well mike uh i i really have to jump back and say how it was that I wound up here at Montgomery High School. I had no intention. You know, I I keep reminding myself of that song that, you know, that happiness was uh, uh, Lubbock, Texas in the rearview mirror. (laughs) Well, for me, in my early years, I would say that uh, happiness was going to be Montgomery in my rearview mirror but some of the greatest and most satisfying things of life come along when things you haven't planned. You, you know, you have this idea of what you want to do, what you want to be, where you want to go, but, uh, it has to be how things play out real life. And I was graduating from Indiana state in the uh, spring of 1962. And that unbelievably my high school teacher mr sam ray smith passed away of course at that time we felt he was an old man he had been my high school teacher born he was born 1908 1908 and passed away in 1962 i had already agreed to stay at indiana state as a uh, as a uh, uh, well teaching there at indiana state university and also in their lab school, State high, which they had at that time, which was, say, a lab school for people going into te- Indiana State's always been well known as a teacher's college. In fact, that yeah. was originally its first name was an a, a, a Indiana State Normal. A normal school. Amber Gwen DeCorsi would agree with you. Yes, and then then it went to Indiana State College, and then and finally Indiana State University, and then they spread out in uh, USI down at Evansville. It eventually became a spinoff of of Indiana State. But uh, the opportunity, whenever my high school people passed away, and my teaching area matched uh, what he had been teaching, and uh, the job was offered, and uh, I I guess yeah you know that I I almost didn't come back because I there was a couple individuals that I'd been good friends with the neighbors they were just four or five years younger than myself in fact I had a couple brothers brother Lewis and brother David that were gonna be students in class Mm -hmm. I mean that was seemed awfully awkward but I, I you know for some reason I, I, gave in, decided to come back for one year, one year only. Uh. And that has turned into an unbelievable. But as far as the, uh, you know, the roles and all, yes. Um, you know, politics get involved in schools. They just, do. I wasn't going to walk you into this, but you know. since you're
0: dipping your toe in the water, we can discuss. Well, it.
2: you know, uh, that in the early seventies, uh, barry, we experienced some uh, very trying times.
0: And, and, and getting into that, and, you know, we, there's no need to rehash the past or name names, and time heals a lot of wounds. But, uh, you, you know, talking to family members and people, you know, there, there's just a lot of different, you know, political opinions about, you know, what Bar Eve should be, you know, and, and, and what the philosophies are. What You know, the, the early 70s, I've, I've heard not just you, but a lot of people kind of call it the dark days of Bar Eve, where, you know, there was upheaval, whether it's administrations and, and, and coaches and different things. Um, you know, what what were some of the differing opinions, you know, in the community at that time?
2: Well, um, wow. <laughs> Trying to tiptoe through the tulips here. On, on, That's on, the hardest on, question on, you're getting tonight. Yes, on, on, on this matter. But, um, you know, your sports, I think, uh, whether it's Washington, whether it's Lagudi, whether it's North Davis or Byrie that uh, how your sports teams do have a way of uh, focusing a lot of attention on your on your school, and uh, so there that um, in the early seven we you know we had very good good competition. I think we went through about three years there to, uh, at seventy one of. Uh, uh, records of 17, 18 and uh, 6 or 7 and 20 and 2 in uh, 72 lost the first game of the season to vincennes Reve came back and lost uh, the in the sectional I think to Nor- to uh, let's see North Davis and then 73 that but all there was there was injuries to key players at key times um and a little frustration it caused by that but also the the politics of the situation also were in a kind of state of uh change and uh my points of view of who should be this or that or you know coaches that uh supported um were not favorable to the powers that be and so i pretty well was told that uh can, can I, I can I jump in? They basically tried to fire you, Albert. Well, at that time, thank goodness for tenure. Otherwise, I would not have, be, be here today. I mean, when I was basically told that uh, it come 5, 10 minutes before school started and be gone 5, 10 minutes after school was out. Brian, mm-hmm. could you imagine Bar Eve without Albert Cavanaugh? I couldn't. Well, I, <laughs> you know, hey. Uh, it was it was it was it, it, I was yes, thank goodness on, on tenure and uh, My high school classes of juniors and dealer working with juniors and seniors uh, That was taken away driver education the summertime was taken away And basically told that uh, they felt they'd be happier if I went somewhere else and uh, I they thought I'd probably be happier, too but you know it became a challenge. It became an ult- the ultimate challenge.
0: Well, and I think the, sometimes, Albert, you know, being tough, a lot of times people think of physical strength, but a lot of times it's just kind of outlasting yeah. people or a situation. So so you you kind of outlast that situation, uh, but it comes at a cost, you know, kind of in the mid-1970s. So back yeah. to that original question, that that year in question as – People are cycling in and cycling out your roles at various times? Was that 1974
2: or 75? Encompassed what in '74, um, after a new school administration or a school board took over, that uh, there weren't enough jobs to do. We <laughs> immediately became athletic director and eventually uh, base head baseball coach and still teaching your regular thing class sponsorships were returned and uh so but 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 you also had time as as principal as well they finished out uh, year of 75 i guess it was 74 75 was acting uh principal and uh <laughs> and then you know did have the opportunity the powers that be at that time uh, felt that they that i probably would stay on but you know sometimes things are best left to outside we needed a change we needed new faces you know and, and the community did and so uh that was a time whenever went out and uh people were brought in from outside and, and I that was forty five years ago, forty five, going in forty six and from that time to this time it's
0: Well and, and, and talking to a lot of I, I hate to call people old timers because I'm not an ageist at all, but you know, it, it, it you know, they do talk about that period of time like they're like, like the clouds had had been lifted. The, the you know the you know the skies got a little bluer, the, the air got a little fresher. And um, you know there, there there were brighter days, and it, and that that you know that tumultuous period kind of kind of laid the groundwork for the you know the stability
2: that we enjoy even today. Mike, you mentioned a word there, the stability, and and I have to, I, I I think you know, it was during our times of tumultuous that. Our neighbors to the east, Lagodi, was experiencing so much success. You know, they went to the state there in 70, winning success throughout the 70s, 75, I think they went again. And, uh, you know, when you get to be in a position, you, you look around you see what's working. When things are working for your neighbors, you know, you imit- try to imitate, emulate, rather than you know say well we got to reinvent the wheel and uh having had a brother brother lee over the north at Lagodi and some other folks there that uh and knew very well that uh is they had that stability in what they were doing you know one group of coaches at the lower levels just handing their students their athletes on to the next group and uh you know I, I I felt I, there were more than once I'd walk through in that through that tunnel up at Lagodi after playing them in the seventies or you know, and thinking we'll never beat these people. Mm-hmm. They we will never beat these people. They're just too too organized, too too, too getting along. Well, um you know, you, you then you, you you try to, you know, maybe emulate and imitate that and uh I know at the at the head coaching level from that particular year of 75 to this very day, I think we've had four head coaches in 45, 46 years. My oh, gosh, that's, it, you know. Yeah, that, that's it's almost unheard. Of. It, it, it is. I, I would love to and look. And I think every coach that we've had since that time uh, that, you know, Joe Todrank from 75 to 84 went to a probably $20,000 better job out in Cody, Wyoming. Uh, Dave Omer came here in 84. And uh, um, I, I remember, the, of course, remember whenever I first contacted Dave and asked him what he knew about Barr Reeve. And uh, he said, well, I know that next to Ligoti High School that Bar Reeve probably has one of the better programs in the state I said well yeah we have to admit that and he came here for eight nine years and left in 92 and uh, you know with with success uh, a couple sectionals conference championships and then Brian Hughes came there in 92 and um, you know that was a milestone time also and, uh, you know, Brian Stavis for 26 years, I believe it was, and now Josh Thompson. So uh, stability and, yeah. and up and down the line. And, and, you, and, and it's easy coach. to talk
0: about, you know, basketball coaches when you're, when you're talking about that or, or, in, or in any sports. I think this is my wife's 21st year. But, uh, but you know, this has been a place where, where, where principals, where, where superintendents, where, um, you know, for the most part, you, you, you do the work and it, there's always going to be challenges i understand that but but you're, you're pretty much left alone you, you 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 uh
2: you know it's a good place to, to to be in charge the thing i've noticed mike is that nearly every coach you know that we've had our coaches along the line and teachers that have left oftentimes they they're moving on to better paying jobs or maybe more fulfilling um for them personally and prof- and professionally. Not every time, right. but uh, I, I think that's a, a general statement there and that uh, you've got to have that continuity, continuity of individuals and uh, a purpose. And uh, of course, you know, the academic part, I, you know, I've always felt like you can't, you don't have to sacrifice one for the other. I think you can have the, the side by side. and. You know, the stability of the community, uh, you know, the, the population, and um, that, that's such a big well, When You can basically have the same youngsters that you start out with and lower grades are up here. And, you know, I, I, I've always felt like, you know, our, our Hall of Frames uh, play a part in it too, because the pictures show us where we've been, and hopefully that is an inspiration to show the youngsters where we can go and what they, where they can be. It, it's, and, and it, it's it, it, here again is that small school, the smaller atmosphere that oftentimes gets lost in the bigness of, uh, hundreds and thousands of and, students. And
0: that kind of leads me to the, maybe the last part of this, of this, uh, you know, this two part interview. And I think that's one of the most profound things that you tell the seniors every year is, uh, you know, we, we we talk about sports, we talk about athletics. Of course, we're in these, you know, these trying times in a pandemic, and and we're we're trying to get through it and 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 get to some level of normal. But you always talk about athletics is great, it's it's fantastic, but basically it's kind of the front window yeah. on Main Street into an old time store that's gonna that's gonna draw you into a school, and 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 one of the most impressive things that I've you know that I've told people over the years is uh, you know in your time you know not only have we built one but we've you know not we you and and now with the help of some of your these kids who were also student athletes at Bar Eve you know we've grown multiple um, scholarship funds that our that our kids and our graduates uh, get to be a part of. Tell us about that, Albert. That's something that I think you know we get so caught up in in making baskets and hitting volleyballs and and scoring runs in baseball that we, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a really big jump start for, for kids to be able to know, hey, I've got this little, my own little nest egg sitting right here that, that can help me in my post-secondary education. And that's uh, that's got your name all over
2: it. Well, Mike, probably most of us would have to say, you know, that we all we all want to feel good about the things we do and, I, I don't know, maybe it's been in our family DNA, the idea of, of, of uh, work ethic, of, of, of giving back. Giving back to that which you're a part of, whether it's family or the job you have. And uh, getting at the scholarship foundation, I have to admit, Mike, I have to admit that the, the ori- idea was not entirely mine to start with. I have to give the credit to a young friend. Uh, he was uh he was a junior at Notre Dame back in 1981, I believe it was. Uh, Tony Murphy. Um a neighbor and uh he picked me up at some times when I was very down about one thing or another and uh it was uh, his idea, of encouraging you know that maybe needing something like this. Well, when he was killed in a car wreck, there in '81, the in October 17th of '81, it was I was devastated. I don't mind saying, it took me probably two years to kind of get over it. But I made up my mind that, uh, like I said, he was had been a neighbor youngster and uh, the. A lot of first, I think, really came about because of his uh, encouragement. And uh, so I had to wait until my own children, my own son, or daughter and son, had graduated in 84, 83 and then 87. Because, you know, you try to start something like that and folks may be kind of quick to see the little self-serving. And so it was after that, in '88, in '88. Then that, whenever, well, my son graduated in the spring of '87, in the spring of '87, and uh, we started the scholarship foundation, and uh, it has grown in ways I can never possibly imagine. And not only that, but the uh, the Arvin and Canaldi that has come aboard too. That at years after we had started and one success seems to breed another and uh I, to the goodness of this place the kindness the support the love and all of so many people i feel like personally i owe everything and it's still a team effort it's always been a tag team effort here at bar reef and i hope that in my last days that'll always be
0: <laughs> well you c- couldn't uh wrap up part one of uh this any better and uh you know, if, if we had to break this, this down into two parts, and I, you know, looking at Brian, I, I think uh, part one is business. Part two, Albert, is pleasure. Oh, and, well, I'm uh, glad to hear that. And, uh, and I think everybody, you know, will love a, a behind-the-scenes look at, uh, at Bar Eve Athletics throughout the years.
2: Thank you so much to both of you your efforts as someone that
1: didn't grow up here and and uh or young people that will listen to this this is fantastic to hear this history and 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 what went on back in those days and and what built it into what it is now
2: thank you
0: well yeah so go ahead and like and subscribe the uh to the bar eve podcast give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts as we said anywhere and including on the uh the bar eve facebook media page so uh catch us right here again in a couple of weeks as uh as mr k the silver fox uh uh the sagamore of the Wabash. he's got more nicknames than uh than triple h brian emmons but uh, charles albert cavanaugh and uh and the ins and the outs of uh bar eve athletics you
1: never know after now that he becomes a, a really serious podcaster he may pick up more nicknames
0: <laughs> yeah that that's uh you know I, I i've always heard the more that uh you know, that you pick up the more important you are <laughs> All right. Well, Albert, thanks for part one, and we will, uh, we will catch you next time.
2: Thank you uh, both so very, very much for all those kind words. I'm not sure I deserve them, but I, I have to admit I most certainly appreciate them.